Greetings and salutations from Times Square, crossroads of the world. This is the Muni Lowdown, produced by DebtWire Municipals, where we talk about this week's most interesting stories in the municipal bond market. And I am your host, Young Lim, desk editor at DebtWire Municipals. Hello, everybody. Today is Tuesday, March 31st, 2020. And welcome to the Muni Lowdown. Today, on today's show, we've got DebtWire Municipal's reporter Chuck Stanley, who will discuss the massive $2 trillion stimulus package passed by Congress last week with an emphasis on provisions that could affect the muni bond market. DebtWire reporter Kaylin Devitt looks back at the topsy-turvy week in municipal bond trading. Yields were down by record numbers last week after climbing by record numbers the week before. The recovery was due largely to the Federal Reserve's moves to bolster the short end of the market by including munis in its liquidity programs. All right, and we've got Chuck Stanley talking about the $2 trillion recovery and aid package signed into into law last week by President Trump to mitigate the harm from the new coronavirus pandemic and what state and local governments can expect from the law in terms of help for their bottom lines. Chuck, how are you doing out there today? I'm doing well, thanks, John. How's um, working from home working out for you? Uh, it's not too bad. Get the uh, occasional interruption from uh, one of the rugrats wanting to uh, help me work. Uh, but for the most part, it's good. Yeah, Chuck, I totally understand. I have older kids, and so in a way, it's like an office situation. Everyone's in their rooms, but that's just the way it is here. But um, I'm glad you're safe. So let's talk about um, this huge two trillion dollar uh, aid package i know you took the lead last week and this is a fairly long and sweeping legislation what in the law will be most interesting to participants in the municipal bond market well there's certainly a lot in the legislation and i would encourage listeners to check out our summary of the bill on the debtwire municipals website it's nearly 900 pages with two trillion dollars in spending as you mentioned and it's basically aimed at sustaining the entire national economy during this crisis. And that includes providing liquidity to shuttered businesses, incentives for employers to maintain payroll, and a boost to unemployment benefits. And all of that will impact state and local government finances. But I think there are a few provisions of the law that really jump out as having a direct impact on the muni bond market. And those are a $150 billion appropriation for state stabilization funds, another $500 billion in federal funding to back up businesses and governments hurt by the coronavirus outbreak, and some $330 billion in additional appropriations for aid and recovery efforts that include aid for the transportation sector, local school districts and higher education institutions, and disaster aid. The stabilization funds are obviously important because they'll inject cash directly into state and local governments that are really going to be hurting in the coming months. Economics activity has slowed to a trickle in much of the country as people shelter in place or avoid public gatherings, and that means sales taxes are going to be are, are going to fall sharply. And more than three million people filed new unemployment claims last week, and that's going to have significant implications for income tax revenues. That's definitely true. I'm, I'm I'm sure once this Thursday's jobless can come out, it's going to be dwarf that uh, figure you just mentioned. And you also mentioned, Chuck, about stabilization funds. How are these stabilization funds going to be allocated? 
But most of the money is going to be deployed to the states based on their population. There is $3 billion set aside for Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico, and other U.S. territories to split up proportionally based on population. And another $8 billion is earmarked for tribal governments. The remaining money will be split proportionally among the states. Local jurisdictions with populations of more than half a million people are also eligible to receive direct funding, but that comes out of the total allocation for their respective states. And all of this or all of that comes in addition to the $500 billion allocated to the Treasury Department to support businesses and municipalities, correct? That's right. This is a half billion dollars to be deployed more or less at the discretion of Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin to provide liquidity, largely by backing, backing private sector lending for struggling businesses and municipalities. Now, that includes up to $46 billion allocated to airlines and the national security sector, but there's not a lot of detail in the bill regarding how much of the remaining funding will be used to stand up states and municipalities faced with revenue shortfalls due to the pandemic. Uh, the language in the legislation indicates that the Federal Reserve Board could start loaning some of that money to troubled governments to try to get them through this crisis, perhaps through the purchase of municipal bonds. The board has 10 days from the date of the bill that the bill was signed into law, so that was Friday, to publish rules for how businesses and governments can apply for loans through the program. Chuck, I've got one last question for you. You also mentioned, um, I think, additional appropriations included in the law. How will those be deployed? Uh, yeah, so the last 200 pages or so of the bill lay out around $330 billion in appropriations across various federal agencies. Uh, that includes significant funding for public transit, around $25 billion, and that's really important for transit authorities that are really hurting across the country, including the New York City Transit Authority, which will get around $4 billion in funding to help offset revenue declines from an almost 90% drop in ridership on the city's subways, which we've talked about before. Uh, there are also additional appropriations for airports. Those generally came into the crisis in pretty good shape financially, but they're now stuck dealing with major revenue losses from airline fees due to canceled flights. Uh, and hospital, hospitals, of course, are going to receive significant financial support as the federal government looks to alleviate some of the strain on intensive care resources from outbreaks of the virus. And I think it's worth noting that there may be more to come. By most estimates, we're closer to the beginning of this epidemic in the United States than the end. And Democrats are already talking about another aid bill to ease some of the pressure felt by Americans. Yes, that's true. I think this, this, this situation is not going to end for a while, but we'll see what happens. So, Chuck, let me let's ask you this some sort of a non-work-related question. How are the things in D.C. and Virginia in terms of, like, um, I just heard on the news yesterday that the, the governor of Virginia is basically imposing stay-at-home going through June. Uh, yes, Virginia and uh, Maryland both uh, both issued, uh, you know, stay-at-home uh, orders through, I think, June 10th. I believe the District of Columbia has a similar timeline. All of them, you know, those regions are, are you know, inextricably linked. So they seem to be on the same page with how long they're looking to have people stay at home, avoid any non-essential trips, from what I can tell, that seems aimed at getting us past what they look at as, you know, estimations for when the number of cases here are going to peak, which is a little bit later on because we started seeing cases, you know, 
a little while after some of the other regions of the country, like New York, of course. And while we're seeing an increasing number of cases in the region, we're not anywhere near uh, the level that we're seeing in places like New York, California, and now it looks like Florida is, is beginning to be a, a pretty significant hotspot. Chuck, thank you so much for your time today. Stay safe. Take care of those rugrats down there. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks a lot, Jan. I'll have the little ones on the podcast next time. Okay, good idea. Thanks, Chuck. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Caitlin Devitt in Chicago. Caitlin, how are you doing out there? I'm pretty good, you know, working from home like everybody else now and juggling. Sudden, I've suddenly become a homeschool teacher like a lot of people and um, <laughs> staying at home in Chicago, where, which is probably going to get harder, I should say, as it gets a little bit nicer and spring starts to come. It's going to get the stay-at-home order that we're under might get a little bit more difficult. But in any case, knock on wood, I'm healthy and doing well. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Um, I know you have a younger child. I have older children, so in a way, it's like being in an office. Everyone's in their room doing their schoolwork, and, and I'm doing my work. So I have less less interaction with them. <laughs> I don't need to be their teacher. And even though everything is on the news in terms of a national scope, I've noticed um, the mayor of Chicago, the governors of both Michigan and Illinois, on the news a lot lately just because I think – New York is the epicenter, but, you know, the Midwest is becoming a hotspot, too. So I see your regional governors on my TV as often as, as my governor. So, Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, Michigan's really become a hotspot. I think that the uh, President Trump has kind of kind of got into it a little bit with Gretchen, with the uh, with uh, with Governor Whitmer in Michigan. So then that raised her profile and she's sort of um, engaged with him and then Pritzker in Governor Pritzker in Illinois has really been sort of kind of gotten a little bit of a national um, profile. I mean, it's interesting to hear you say that because it's hard to tell when you're in Chicago or when you're in a place, you know, how we're sort of naturally provincial. So it's hard to tell what becomes national. But um, yeah, Pritzker really has, I think we see that with Ohio Governor DeWine and um, the Chicago mayor has really been out in the forefront. Last night she put out, or yesterday she put out this funny kind of montage video that I think is getting a lot of play, um, stay at home. And it's sort of a funny video of her being at home and listing all the different reasons to stay at home. Sort of a takeoff. I don't know if you saw the Italian mayors yelling at their citizens to stay home. It's a little, it's like a, it's, you know, it's a kind of a little bit of a takeoff on that. But in any case, so yeah, hopefully we don't, you know, become as much of a hotspot as we see in New York and, and, but we'll have to wait and see. So, Caitlin, so let's talk about the muni market. Like all markets in general, has they've seen some wild and crazy moves over the last few weeks. What's been happening? Well, yeah, like you say, it's all it's sort of the the major volatility and turmoil that we've seen in all the markets has also gripped the muni market, which is unusual. Usually, as uh, most people, our listeners know, we're kind of a sleepy backwater a little bit. But uh, we haven't seen anything like we've seen over the last couple of weeks. It started, I, I want to say it started like March 10th. It was like a Thursday, maybe March 10th or something that week. We started to see some pretty crazy moves with um, prices starting to go down and people basically joining in the massive sell-off that we saw in the equities market, um, which was a surprise. We didn't necessarily expect to see that. And then we started to see 
the prices just really drop and yields just go up by digits that we hadn't seen before, double digits, 50 basis points that Thursday, I think. And then the following week, there was two days in a row. I think it went up almost a percentage point. So these huge moves. And, you know, as a reporter, it was like, how many times can I use the word unprecedented or unchartered or record? You know, you kind of are reaching for, you know, reaching the thesaurus for new words. And I think traders and portfolio managers were seeing the same thing. I was talking to people who've been around for a long time. Nobody's ever seen anything like it, even in 08. It was a massive sell-off. The market, um, as our listeners know, is mostly retail, and everybody just wanted to get rid of everything. And it caused, especially on the short end, because, you know, short um, short paper is kind of the easiest to sell, the most liquid. It caused a real liquidity crisis because there was more sellers and there were buyers and people didn't want to buy and dealers had taken on a lot. And so we started to see, um, which hadn't been seen before, really kind of uh, tightening up in the, especially on the short end and a real liquidity challenge. So um, that was what was going on. And we also saw uh, on the primary side, I mean, on the new deal side, nobody, all the issuers just completely backed off and nobody wanted to come to market because it was so volatile and um, everybody was just waiting it out. Now we're starting to see a little bit of deal flow, but we've still seen that. I think there's maybe nine to 10 to $11 billion worth of pent up issuance um, or that's been, that was deals that were shifted to the day-to-day calendar instead of coming to market. So we just saw this major sell-off and then there weren't any buyers. And then now things have started to return to normal. I would say starting, you know, last week, in fact, we saw this incredible recovery. Yields came down then in a period of, I think, 48 hours. Uh, this, you know, recovered the same amount that they'd, that they'd gone up. So all of a sudden, then the volatility became on the recovery side. And we started to see this incredible, fast-paced um, recovery. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and you, you go ahead. Sorry. I just wanted to also add. So now, you know, since Friday, we've been pretty stable. We've kind of been unchanged. Yields are maybe one or two basis points kind of, but mostly unchanged. So now we're in sort of a stable period. You don't know what's going to happen because, you know, we just really don't know where this is going to go. And what a lot of market people are saying, what we've seen over the last few weeks is really not a credit driven situation. It was sort of liquidity driven. I mean, it wasn't what we saw in 2008 either, where which was sort of a bank problem. This was not, um, especially on the short end. Last time it was with the banks and this time the banks were completely functioning. In fact, a lot of them were offering, I think, some support uh, to issuers that were seeing, for example, really high resets on their rates. A lot of the banks were saying, like, maybe we could work with you to try to take this onto our books or somehow otherwise avoid this if it continues, which, of course, I don't think it, it I mean, it hasn't continued. I don't think it's going to. But um, as I was saying, we're sort of stable right now, but it's, it's a little bit difficult to say where we're going to go because, you know, again, we're in unchartered territory. And the next thing might be credit. I think investors might start to, uh, now that they're possibly done with that panicked sell-off, they might start to be more discriminating now about what's in their portfolio and start really analyzing the risks from coronavirus facing certain credits. Right. Yeah. I think we should set up a little jar that whatever someone says the word pre- unprecedented, we should just put a dollar in. It could be like, you know, <laughs> could fill it really quickly. <laughs> set up a college fund. Yeah. 
Exactly. So, and I know you were mentioning earlier about portfolio management. I'm going to ask you. Uh, I just have some come some thoughts on my head. I'll ask you about that in, in, in a minute. But let me ask you another question. How did the muni market, uh, like you said, they stabilized? How did the muni market eventually come back on track? Well, basically, it was the Fed. I mean, the Federal Reserve um, and Congress. Uh, really got aggressive. I mean, especially the Federal Reserve, really aggressive, really fast. They did things that we that they didn't even do um, post 2008. And then they did so things that they did do in 2008. So it was a lot of aggressive, um, a lot of aggressive action um, to bolster the market, especially on the short end. So they the Federal Reserve kind of widened its um, short, its money market and commercial paper facility programs to include short-term muni debt, you know, under 12 months and v and variable rate demand bonds. So it expanded those programs and um, allowed a lot of that that paper to be used as collateral for um, to make loans. So that really loosened up the short end of the market and. Chuck knows more about the CARES Act, you know, but we saw a lot. That's the Congressional Stimulus Act. And in there, too, we saw a lot of um, kind of aggressive federal action to bolster the muni market. We've, there's the direct aid, the $150 billion of direct aid to state and locals. And again, that's probably going to, well, first of all, it's going to be followed by more, I'm sure, four or five they're already talking about. But that's going to stabilize or attempt to stabilize things on the credit side, but also on the market side, it gives um, the, the the federal government the ability to buy municipal bonds directly. And so that's, you know, again, unprecedented and really doing, um, really showing some aggressive action. They also expanded their primary dealer network to allow munis to be used as collateral. So there was a bunch of actions that were taken over, I think it started on maybe the 20th of March or the 23rd. And and you saw that really give, I think, um, investors and everybody, all the market players, a lot of confidence that this was going to help stabilize this market. And that was when things started to kind of normalize a little bit. Okay. And uh, I want to follow up with one last question you were mentioning earlier. When you spoke to portfolio managers and the traders, what did they say? Well, you know, they again, they're using a lot of the words we're using, uncharted, record, never seen anything like this. But also, not surprisingly, they're saying, you know, it's a, the best time to buy. It's like the buying opportunity of our lifetime, is some of the quotes, um, in terms of the prices that, that muni bonds got to and the yields that they're offering. Um, so, so they they were giving kind of a lot of color over the last couple of weeks and just sort of when you're calling different people at different times during the day. Um, I think everybody was sort of stunned and possibly a little didn't quite know what was going on when you were seeing those those prices go down so hard so fast and um, trying to kind of scramble. And then you started to see, uh, they started to talk a little bit about maybe not necessarily people aren't necessarily always ready to call the bottom but they were oh we're round we're rounding third base for example you know we're getting close once you started to see that federal action really step in and then you started to talk about people saying this is a real buying opportunity then you start to see the buys come in and um so that's what they're saying you know this is kind of the same words but again unsurprisingly this is a great time to buy definitely it is 
And with what I just saw recently this morning on the, at the stock market, uh, it's also going down. So another good time to buy. All right, Caitlin, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, thanks. You too, Young. Bye. And that is our show for this week on the Mini Lowdown. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'd like to thank Chuck Stanley and Caitlin David, our DebtWire Municipal Reporters, Christian Ayala, our producer, for making us sound good week after week. But most of all, to you, our listeners out there, thank you for tuning in. For now and for the time being, stay safe, stay warm, and stay home, as they say. So hopefully we'll catch you again soon on the Mu Lowdown. Thanks. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Mu Lowdown with me, your host, Young Lim. If you want to know more, subscribe to DebtWire.com and follow us on social media. Please leave comments, rate, like, and share. Join us next week when we talk about the latest in the municipal bond market.